Well, when they were suiting up to get onto the mission, I just turned my head to Danae and said, was that a phaser? <laughs> I love this Stop so much. Stop throwing phasers. <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 312522.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema scenes to explore the universe of Star Trek. I am your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always is the Sassbassador, Danae Hughes. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't even get it out, man. (laughs) And and the Commodore that we all adore, it's Aridosa. introduction and when you realized what you were going to call us you went ah i got it so and happy. now i know what it is the sass ambassador i, I can't believe it's taken 22 weeks you, can, you all adore sass ambassador and the commodore we all adore <laughs> oh man <clears throat> Danae, how are we doing well i have been checking the gauges sir uh, i've been walking around the bridge looking at all the different consoles with all the different information on all the different panels and i can tell you right now i don't know what the fuck is going on but i'm pretty sure we should be good there are a couple red blinking lights but i think they're normal um i haven't turned anything on yet fuck <laughs> <laughs> so whatever you've been reading is in your mind that's not entirely abnormal for me i guess that checks out, actually. That, that's coming in your file. Vivid imagination your, and such. Your previous captains have had similar reports. It's because I see into the future. So I'm you seeing do. the future panel light up. California dreaming. Which means I have a premonition that things are going to be wacky. In this episode? Already off the rails, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> of Strange New Worlds or the, or the show? The, sh- the show the that show? you can't even talk about. I can't breathe. talk. How am I going to present the show when I can't talk? Aaron, how are you? Commodore 41 here to serve and obey. Thank you. <laughs> We're sticking with Commodore. Great. Good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I know. Like no, I'm doing I good. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I We all loved this show so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, we did. And it's fun. It's fun to have a show to look forward to each week with friends, you know? Like, mm-hmm. let's all watch the show and have fun. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Nice. Well, let's get into it. Um, we will see you guys for 40 Brief in 10 Forward after we've watched episode two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Isn't it nice to look forward to watching an episode of Star Trek for once? Um, <laughs> Three to beam to the Enterprise. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab anything we want from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first, Danae, what would you like from the replicator now that we know your history? Okay, so um, there was this type of candy that i used to eat when i was a little mm-hmm. girl mm-hmm. and it, it was called it was like a lollipop whistle did yes. you have these yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd blow in it feel yeah. like it's really appropriate for this perfect for this one because it's very musical They're very annoying but yes uh-huh <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's like something that i can like you know play music to and enjoy eating at the same time amazing and Aaron, also just some water because i'm fucking thirsty. definitely water definitely actually there's some water here oh Thanks, Captain. Right over the board. I can, I can give you water from my never-ending water bottle, which is the oh. only thing I'll ever get from the replicator, yeah, apparently, because I don't tally. get to check anything. No, a little yeah. bit of a, a tally. I think we'll do 10. 10 episodes, 
um that will last you and then you get to pick something new um i, I want the little crackle things that you put into your mouth oh, and pop then, rocks uh-huh and then as you like change the like embouchure of your mouth then it goes <laughs> and between us we can change the course of a comment. just like that just like that mm-hmm. um okay so this week the crew of the enterprise i love saying that so much um find a comet that in classic star trek fashion is going to wipe out a pre-warp civilization they choose to intervene without realizing the comet's origins and an alien force attempts to stop them from interfering with their religious artifact um i don't care what you guys think i fucking love this episode so much oh my god it's so great it is like watching i've said this before tng that was a standalone episode um fine we have the themes of um uh pike dealing with fate and blah 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 blah. but it takes up such a small portion it doesn't matter and it's just a bottle episode dealing with a story that we've seen before but done in a new way with a great balance of space battle funny banter between the crew heartfelt um uh pep talks between the crew i loved it i loved it i loved it i loved it so much danae (laughs) (laughs) okay all of that for me too yeah yeah this was an incredible episode i had a superiorly good time i think this is so beautiful to Mm -hmm. look at yeah um i really enjoyed all the sets and all the digital work that was going on Mm -hmm. there was the right amount of mystery with their mission and not knowing exactly what they were going to do like i was attempting to predict what they were going to do several times and it was just different enough i wasn't i was like oh because i kind of expected Mm -hmm. you know her to sing to the comet to get it to move because it lowered its oh, yeah, shield. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So when he when Spock is like going out on his l- little shuttle mission, I'm like, I don't what understand anything that's happening. Yeah. And that level of mystery and revealing the plan later and just the cat and mouse with the alien um was all super fun for me. And it's mm. just a beautifully visual episode. It's the, so pretty. The musical cave of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The was themes so are beautiful. Pretty. The themes well. are beautiful. So I was. This is was a really like this. I'm smiling so big right now it's because so of, of what I just watched. It's How so about great. you, Aaron? What did you think? I mean, three for three. I had a really good time with it. Um, you know, I think what it is that the show gets so right is the cast and the chemistry. Mm-hmm. And if you get that right, oh man, there's so much freedom to just do stuff because yes. it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because we like hanging out with these people. Like, I'm just, I'm really in on every one of these yeah. crew members, like <laughs> all of them. Is that possible? Uh, there is uh, no one i there's nobody i don't like at all um and everyone the way that they act i understand like somehow in the space of an episode and a half i understand even like ortegas who we've spent so little time with i already feel like i know what she's about i feel like i've been with her for so so mm-hmm. long um it's so great and even our grumpy enar engineer who wasn't even in last week's episode i know the kind of character he's gonna be and i love him he's so great I guess I, I mean maybe maybe Sam Kirk I don't know enough about yet to be like with the others like I'm excited to hang out yeah. with him and stuff and he's he's definitely kind of got that he's like, cocky mm. he's that he's that cocky guy who's gonna jump in don't to cocky, a kid. mission and mm-hmm. and like or an egg he's he's gonna he's gonna make uh moves he's the guy that in Dungeons and Dragons who knows that they're in a dungeon and decides to just walk. Press straight up pre- yeah like yeah. 
No, no checking for traps needed. <laughs> everyone's a, everyone's afraid of doors apart from one person. Yeah, one person. I'm gonna like, fucking I'm gonna open the it. door. Yeah. yeah, and that person's great as a as a plot catalyst. Yeah, funnily yeah. enough, that's yeah. what we have here. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. No, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm absolutely loving it. Good. Kirk is the question mark for me as well because the name is a big thing as well. I know a bit more about where Sam Kirk ends up. And so that that is a confusing thing to me as to why he's in there. Because we don't need the name recognition. We have the fucking Enterprise. Can I play off of that for a Please. second with you? Because I am curious. So so I am in this position, maybe like many of the viewers uh, who are watching this, having missed the original series mm-hmm. entirely. Mm-hmm. Having not watched the movies entirely. One of the funnest things for me about this podcast is that I know I'm not alone because 100%. so many listeners are writing in and letting us know like i also have no idea what's going on mm-hmm. so it's super great so so here's my here's like mm-hmm. where i'm at watching this episode i'm falling in love with these characters that are so known but you know what's going to happen next in this really unique way that i have no idea mm-hmm. so for example there's like this nuanced sort of flirtatious thing going on between uhura uhura yeah and Spock and then uh, Chapel, for mm-hmm. example. Not that it's actually a real flirtation, but they're obviously hinting at something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I bet Ian knows what all of this is about, and I have no idea. I mean, if they stick to the same path, they stick to the same rules, I know, I only know what happened previously. So I know that, like, the flirtation between Chapel and Spock is legit. Like, that happened a lot in the original series, and it was always fun. It eventually got kind of killed into the movies. Um, but what's really fun about this is that the JJ um, movies are completely different. They pair up Spock and Uhura pretty much... Well, no, it is from the beginning. They Right from the start. Right yeah. from the start, they are a couple. So I love that it's doing both paths. It's like, it's hey, bo- there are elements oh, okay. of truth oh, to so, both, which so is beautiful. I forgot that. I forgot that about Spock, that he was with Uhura, but he's also... Like already married or something. With Dupring, yeah, who is in the original series Listen, as well. If, I if love one, how they handled Spock. If one man can handle the complexity of many relationships at the same time, it's Spock. Oh, so. it's Spock. And if there's one man that I, th- I feel like subjectively everybody, no, not yeah, subjectively everyone in the universe would love, it's Ethan Ethan Peck as Spock. Like that voice, he's great. Is like bomb, bomb, bomb. Oh, he's great. <laughs> yeah, so good. Oh, he's great. See, that's interesting to me, is because like I'm. Uh, I'm watching the this great crew, like Aaron is saying, the the chemistry of the crew and how mm. valuable it is to see happening, and how we're all along for anything if this is how much fun they're having. Because mm-hmm. you can almost see that the actors are like, "Holy shit, we're doing Star Trek. This is badass," and uh- we're watching, going, "Holy shit, they're doing the good <laughs> yes. Star Trek, and we're having fun." Anson, and- <laughs> whose last name will not be named is like when he went <laughs> over to number one and said i love my job and i'm like who's talking here is yeah. it pike or is it now because you, you he is eating it up and uh, it's just such a it. cool thing that it's new fans that are enjoying it mm-hmm. uh tng fans that are enjoying the tng vibe of what's going on and then people like yourself ian and mm-hmm. others who are like major trek fans who have like history that they're getting to enjoy seeing a different like element i'm getting of, tingles so. thinking about it this show is pouring so into good. my soul I know, it's, it's so, good. so great and Ugh. guess what this this episode wasn't the end of the universe wasn't the end of the galaxy wasn't even the end of the planet like it's just an adventure well, it was almost the end of one planet oh, the end like, of one planet but it's just it, you can this is some of the most fun i've had 
and it's a story that you could easily forget about. Like, it has no galactic import. It's just, you don't have to do end of the universe to have a fun story. No, they introduced an alien curiosity. They introduced a planet mm. and did a really cool wink and nod to an alien species, which looked beautiful, by the way. The oh, ones that were in that like, desert look planet. Incredible. So incredible. And then they introduced a new potential enemy that had a really interesting, complex like conversation mm. with Pike. Like that universal translator, how it was translating the message that they were sending and mm. then going through the universal translator into what we're interpreting. That back and forth was fascinating to listen to because it was highly intellectual. Oh man, that has always like, and I'm sure you have an opinion on this, Aaron, like the mm-hmm. the way universal translators, we are trusting a computer to interpret what an alien is saying yep. into our language and our way that we talk and i was like how do you trust the computer to how are there not more miscommunications oh there might have been there right universal translators i'm waiting for that to happen it's like no i didn't mean potato i meant asparagus (sighs) and it just causes a diplomatic incident yeah this is uh it's it's interesting because the show takes it to a religious kind of element a faith kind of element Mm. explicitly like that's they have conversations about it explicitly and the whole idea of translation is so inherent in religion because it is one of those things where you look at whatever text that you study or look at for the religion um, that you're in. And that usually has come from a different language. And so Mm. there's always this conversation about, well, what did this prophet mean when they said this? What did, you know, Jesus mean when he said this in Aramaic and Uh we're now putting it in, in English, you know, and he said it in a culture that we don't live in. And it had, you know, so like the, the best religious study, in my opinion, really thinks about that stuff, Mm. but a computer, how, (laughs) like, how does it process, navigate culture and Uh like all that. And, you know, Google is dealing with this right now. They just released, uh, you know, their next plan with their augmented, uh, glasses, kind of mm. the next version of Google Glass, and the idea that you can just wear these glasses and somebody can speak in a different language and it'll show you the text of what they're saying in mm. your language. And they're processing all of these problems of context and culture mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So maybe, you know, by the future they've figured it out, but it's, it's definitely... You've got to think it's at least possible. Like, that's one of the things that always bugged... Not bugged me, but when there's... Like, Ahura brags about knowing so many languages... And a couple of hundred years later, Riker's new first officer, when he eventually gets a ship, can speak a hundred languages. And I'm like, what's the point? Why? Why? <laughs> why, 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 are you, why are you writing in cursive still? Like, uh, type, because cursive you know? is a language now, right? Like, that's become a, a language. That's what I'm saying, yeah. 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 But, and I think it's, it's for this kind of thing. Some things that a computer can't do. And having that ear for it. And um, I, I think the... I mean, that's a good segue into Uhura, actually. What a great person to focus on for this episode, Cadet Uhura. That's literally my first note is, Uhura episode! Yes! Like, I'm so excited! Like, she was, like, one of my favorite parts of the, the pilot. Yeah. And the premiere, I should say. And, yeah, to have her get her own episode right away. And to have it be about this. Like, to have mm. her backstory be this idea of... I'm really good at this. I'm amazing at this. Uh, so I'm going to follow this journey, but I'm not sure I love it. I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, that hello, like, personally hitting I know. for me. I immediately uh-huh. thought of you. I, I can feel you looking at me through the computer. <laughs> I, I wrote that down in my notes. Like, this is literally something that I struggle with and have like that 
imposter like radio syndrome. as well. It's the, it's even in radio. That's what I was. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down this was my radio career was you know sitting in front of a microphone and just having conversations and having people look at me going, I've worked my entire life to have a shot at doing what you're doing and you don't even know how you got here. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because it's like. I don't want people, I didn't want people to feel that I was taking it for granted. And that happened with, with my job with CinemaSins as yeah, well. 100%. You know, like the door opened, I walked through the door, I'm experiencing what this is, but I know that it still has that feel of like, there are people who would, would work a lifetime at trying to do something. And I, I felt I felt that with Ahura mm. really deeply when she was talking about that. And it's such it's such a an overlooked story like yeah. i don't think i've ever seen that on a screen before where that's the perspective that they're bringing to the table is just someone has a natural talent and they're just trying to figure out where they belong yeah and you like, always when have is, like the when stereo- is that on screen the stereotype is you have the really driven person that is i'm going to be the best and i'm number one it's so refreshing to be like yeah i am the best i am number one i don't know if i'm going to be here though and the way pike deals with it as oh, well so isn't judgmental just like life i hope you i hope you find the it right really place do. yeah it's so great. So non-judgmental. Um, the oh. only judgmental person was Spock, which is totally in character. <laughs> like the the Spock starts off being a dick, does something great in the middle, and then is a functioning human by the end of the episode. No, uh, I didn't kind of think like, he was being a dick. Make way for someone who does want the position was a bit dickish. It's not though. It's a really important thing to be reminded of, like uh, that. If you're in a, if you're, if you're doing something like, so for me, I wanted a chance to just experience it. But then when I realized it wasn't something that I wanted to do, I moved on thereby mm-hmm. making a way, but that wasn't like my intention. No. I guess that was kind of a dickish thing to say, but because man, if those still... people are good enough, they'd be here, but clearly they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, not wrong. you're not wrong. Uh, speaking of what Captain Pike said too, like when he, that scene was really interesting because it, it's like the family dinner Mm. you know oh it hit me so hard i was just like this is the poker match this is having dinner somewhere it's just that community space where the the senior officers do conversations and it was great because he's telling a story and they're reacting to the story and we're getting to see the characters and interact with each other and then of course we're focusing on uhura and when he so and then everyone leaves and the scene was really interesting because it was kind of like cleanup moment between him and his first officer Mm. right Mm -hmm. and and she says something to the effect of um i've seen you ask that question to the cadet a hundred times and i really like that they added that because it reminded me that we're just being dropped into their universe where Mm -hmm. they've been doing this for a really long time and so uh, the scene felt like oh of course we're gonna do the cliche like Everybody is gathered on the dinner table having mm-hmm. a conversation, but it's just what they do. They reminded us mm. like this is part of what it is: is bringing in a cadet to the table, having a conversation with them. It's just part of like yeah, everyday an space initiation. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a really cool. I don't know. I really love this. I, I like how they set the episode up. Mm. On that moment, I and I know we're. It's probably our one little hang up about how much they're going to keep referring back to Pike's future. Yeah. But that little that stumble that he had was where do you think you're going to be in the next 10, ten uh, years? Ten years. I was yeah. like, oh, 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 that, was perfect. that, that hit me. I loved it. Really, really well done. And then just the little, little side nuance. eye from number one yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. It's so great. I yeah, just... but it's just sitting there. It's just sitting there, Ian, ready for the writers to do- have it dominate, you know, know, the last four episodes of the season. Don't do God, it. Don't, don't do it. Um I I think on I think that leads nicely into the overall theme of the episode, which is fate. And is everything 
predestined, preordained, and whatever you do was always going to happen? Or can you change in quotation marks what is predetermined and what's going to happen? And also, are you willing to have fun inside of it, even if you believe in, in predestination, you still are enjoying the unknown moment. And then, like, upon reflection, you think, wait, was that a choice? But you were still having fun in the moment. So that doesn't negate the fact that you're engaged, you know, we in your so life. We get so hung up on choosing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what, well, does it matter if you choose? Was that going to happen anyway? And yeah. I know that Mr. Dicer is bursting to talk about free will and, and determinism uh-huh chomping at the champs uh no it's it is it is the primary philosophical debate of my life uh it is one that directly impacts my upbringing the very first question i asked my parents i was four years old and it was at church and i said uh if god didn't want them to eat the apple why'd he put the tree in the garden in the first place Ooh. like since since i was four <laughs> i've been thinking about these kind of things and it in in my life, uh, I have come to peace with the idea that both things can be true as contradictory as they seem. And I was just talking about this with my son the other day that it's, it doesn't bother us when we think of the past this way. No. It, doesn't it doesn't bother you to think, uh, this is what I did in the past and I can't change it, mm -hmm. but it was also a choice I made. But when we transition it to the future, it tweaks something in our brain where it's like, no, I can change it because I have to be able to change it, otherwise I'm a robot. And it doesn't a lack necessarily of mean that. Yeah. People right. don't like it's just, the idea it's just of because the of the way we away. process time yeah. um, that, that we feel that way. But uh, having said all that, I thought this, uh, this episode touched on it without getting lost in it, which is mm. exactly what it had mm. to do. Um, and I was curious about kind of your feelings on the faith <laughs> stuff. That Hold on. It touched on it without getting lost in it. Much like the comet just touched on the surface <laughs> of the planet without <laughs> getting yeah. totally sprinkle, sprinkle. lost in it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, but I was curious with like kind of the faith stuff that was in there because they definitely, definitely left open the idea of the predestination of, you know, Spock doing what he did, being part of like some sort oh, of love cosmic it. will and like, so, yeah, I just... no, um, I, my default is science. So right. when I love that the aliens said, well, it's one of my favorite lines of the entire thing, but it was so throwaway. It was just, we don't even remember why we're doing this. So it's not that they know that this is based on a religious text or a vision mm -hmm. from a deity of some sort. It's just, this is the path that we've been on. This is the path we're going to be on. We've forgotten. We, we don't know the origin. And it's because it, that leaves it open to this is deliberate. This is mechanical. What is stopping the beings that created this comet from having the very same time crystal thing that has affected Pike that has allowed them to map out certain things in the galaxy? And it doesn't mean that they have all of the answers. It just means that well, in order to seed life on this planet, this is what happens. And they get a glimpse of that. Uh, and then they set it on its course, and that's what happens. Like, there is a scientific explanation for how this happened for me. It doesn't mean necessarily that there is a cosmic weave or fate that everything is determined and going to happen. Yeah, but the episode definitely leaves open both possibilities. And that's the, exactly yeah. what it should do. It leaves both options right. open for interpretation, like yeah. any good yeah. episode of Star Trek. I think that the conversation that the writers must have had while putting this oh. together would have been an incredible thing to mm -hmm. listen to. And the restraint I, to not push it in one way or the other. I feel like they were doing service to just about every opinion that could mm -hmm. have come to the table uh, while 
still making a really great sci-fi experience because visually we've got we've got a space battle we've got shields on a comet that was unexpected <laughs> like that was so fun what a great like, code open. oh right but pike's like can someone tell me how a comet gets shields like <laughs> it's so great and and to to kind of like i don't know i just i'm really curious to be at that table whether it's an actual physical table or not mm. or, or some zoom meetings yeah. i don't know but i was really excited to experience their version of this conversation through music through mm. math through uh decision making and like lives are at stake both like lives that we care about on the crew and this planet we care about this you know quote unquote zealot society yeah. too because they're making their own sense they're not entirely wrong like no. when he's like well would you move the stars or change the height of the waves why are you interfering with mm -hmm. the natural order of like, nature that back Get your thumbs and, out of that it. back and forth between him and pike or them and pike was so fascinating like i said mm. earlier it was just so well written uh thank you computer translator for making it a beautiful conversation <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for rewriting that so poetically, computer. Um, could you imagine, like, if the original Zealot Society was just like, "Hey, piece of shit, back off," yeah, and the computer makes it like this really eloquent <laughs> this, thing? Oh man, this is where we find out that it's actually like a Commodore sixty four that's just like really rapidly trying to like type away like Shakespeare all at once, and it's just like this fake little CGI mouth that's making it look like he's saying yeah. all that. Anyway, um, uh, so I just felt like this was like the a really juicy treat because it was mm. intellectually interesting. It was spiritually interesting. It was religiously interesting. It was scientifically interesting. It had mm. all these great elements to it. Um, like what, it's a, so what a great, great. I mean, the title of the, the, the episode is great children of the comet. Like it, it almost, it gives you the ending, but just by being a little bit metaphorical as well. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, yeah. The, let's talk about some of the beautiful stuff in this episode. Like, the music cave of doom holy shit when they started like bum bumming together and and humming and i got chills yeah and i didn't care that ethan peck was a bit out of tune nope. it, it was just <laughs> it, it felt really authentic didn't it no it was great it was great beautifully and symbolically mm -hmm. um there was also just this feel of the comet responding to mm. so when she first starts humming and you can hear the tunes of the cave like mimicking her uh for key mm. and then for the when the enterprise picked it up and played it back yeah i was like i got chills then too because it was like transmitting this beautiful sound it was just a really amazing thing but also can we talk about those spacesuits yeah they are so like everything about their like their dress and attire mm. was so fun like so those sleek those spacesuits ruled like <laughs> the under suit and then like the little um like armament over the front, mm -hmm. like the lines even matched up. And then when they did the defibrillator, it went to the comm badge. Oh, it just made it sense. So didn't the cool. defibrillator just made sense. Like it channels it through the suit. And on the actual, Ugh. the under suit, on the fabric of the arms, did you see that it's made up of lots of little deltas? No. I'm not kidding. So the silver little bits are a ton and ton and ton of deltas That's that make up ridiculous. the silver. I it's didn't so, notice so that. Great. Um, Ahura's cadet uniform. I'm like, it's so pretty. It's, it's such pretty. a gorgeous uniform. Yeah, and her comm badge is like square with the delta on it. Yeah, so which is a carryover from Discovery, which is nice because it's like we're not just going to completely pretend Discovery didn't happen. <laughs> um, like some of the uniform stuff will carry over. Was Discovery before this one? I yes. Mean, and I understand we're talking about Both. TNG timeline, so you know. So 
I yeah. understand it. it's it's our future, Ian and Danae and Aaron's future. But yes, it's in the past. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, Discovery is a couple of years before this okay, or gotcha. yeah, nine months or something like that. Um, yes. Uh, and then Space Battles. Just what a great a great bit of Trek space battling. Do, do some maneuvers, fly around. Wasn't like jump cuts and... No. Pew, 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 pew. No. It was just gliding through oh, yeah. the asteroid, the, the, the tail of the comet. And I, it's such a silly little thing, but I love that the phaser beam is a continuous beam and not a ton of little bullets and missiles. I'm like, give me phasers. It's, oh, I love it. <laughs> just appealed to my little Trek nerdy. And then the, the transporters came on and I was like, Danae, transporters. I know we're like slapping each other. Like, it's so pretty. It's beam so pretty. Because we're in the same room again today, which is, that was that was a lot of fun. This oh, was a fun, so fun episode to watch with somebody mm-hmm. because we're just like screaming at the screen like, this is so pretty. This is so pretty. Like when that alien ship, like the, the fight, when the alien mm. ship, like, it's such a unique design and it looks really terrifying so for them to like scan the ship and mm. realize that they're in big trouble and it and then when it's like so so you have enterprise it's like zipping uh through the comet stream mm. and then uh in the like the left corner of the screen comes the circular bits of the alien ship mm. and i'm just like oh no oh, oh it's shit. big like it's this big. is big this is bad that <laughs> <laughs> so was very re- reactionary and fun um but it was neat to see like ortega do like these really interesting moves mm. and then like the shields just popping where the bits of comet <sighs> were hitting it so great it was just really great to watch mm. i think that the shuttle shift was a little bit long I felt because exactly I also the same. wasn't yeah. sure what was going on. That's the only part of the entire thing that dipped for me. Mm-hmm. But I totally missed that Spock yeah. had left the bridge and was on a shuttle and was hiding somewhere. Yeah, and we didn't quite know what the plan was. So yeah, no. that's the only bit that could have been executed slightly better. Um, Aaron, you tend to not to speak for you, but you tend to have less attraction to the actiony stuff and the the pew pews and the explosions. So did it did it work for did it work for you as well? Uh, everything was so beautiful that, yeah, I think it, I, I think it did work. Um, yeah, I do check out a little bit when people start shooting at each other. I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, let's, let's get to the, <laughs> the, the part where my brain gets engaged again. Um, but, but no, it was gorgeous. And so, I mean, right from the beginning, I mean, even the civilization that we don't really see a lot of just like their garb and, you know, their design, yeah. I was just it blew my mind. I was just like, oh, this this show, man, it's just going to be so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, they, so, yeah. We spend collectively maybe 90 seconds with these aliens and the effort that they put into the prosthetics and the makeup just for that amount of time. I was like, that is, yeah. you're not half-assing some nose bridges here. Like, no, these are bona fide so aliens. cool. Yeah, I loved their design so much. I would, I, I also... Like I know that you don't like the actiony actiony stuff uh, as much, but like I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get to zoom in on the egg thingy a little bit more. Like I wanted to know what was inside it. It looked really yeah, cool. A little bit more about it. But we didn't get to see any any of that. No, we which didn't. Which was a little bit of a bummer. Maybe we will in the future. Like the comet is still out there. Maybe we'll see some more. There's only a few in the galaxy. I know. There's not many of them. Um. I didn't mention this last week, but I love the rearrangement of the Star Trek, of the, the original series theme. This opening credits, we said it was beautiful, oh but the music is so, so great. Whoever's composing the music for this show, just hats off. I mean, it's immediately something I could research, but I, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I absolutely love it. It's well, it's well written. It's a great episode. 
Um, anything else you want to add, Aaron, that we didn't cover off? No, no, I think we covered all the stuff. It's just, it's a really fun show. I'm really enjoying it. Mm. Anything else, Danae? I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Star Trek nerd! nerd! Man, when I got, I got like chills at multiple points and you like beat me to it. I was going to turn to you and say something and Danae is already like, I fucking love this. This is so good. <laughs> I'm like, yay, we're nerding her. Like completely Completely and fully nerded. Uh, let me just look through my notes real quick before we move mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And, and I'll see if I'm anything. still waiting for lightsabers. Like, when get when out. does somebody... Get off my <laughs> shit. Right. Beam him to Resistance is Futile while me and Danae wrap up. I will say I hope that isn't the end of Ahura's focus as well. Like, it definitely felt like we're going to give her an episode because she was so under under underused and largely mistreated in... Not mistreated, but... Under, underused in the original series. I hope it wasn't just, here's the backstory, move on. I hope we do keep dipping into her cadet story and give her something to dig into. There's always a balance, isn't it? Especially when you only have 10 episodes. Well, do you think that they're yeah. going to do that with other characters too? Like Ortega, for example? Like, yeah, Do you I feel like so. they're going to kind of just go through the crew and sort of give a little bit more for everyone? Well, if they're following the format of TNG, yes. You just have less opportunity to do that when you have 10 episodes instead of 26. Uh, let's see. Other things in my note in the this is a badass section. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to mention that there was this overhead shot when they were prepping to go mm. to the uh, <coughs> comet that was like the black and white. Aaron, what did you think about that? The overhead shot when they're put, getting their spacesuits on? Well, the prepping area, isn't it? Um, I don't know that it stood out to me. What? It was super it. monochromatic. Like it's all black and white overhead shot. <laughs> I figured that that plus chapel being there would have like really got your attention. I I will tell you, uh, due to circumstances, I was watching this on my laptop, and boy, did I miss my television. Oh um, man, uh huh. It, it was it was gorgeous, and I could tell it was gorgeous. But the entire time, I was like, this would be hitting me so much uh, more if I was at home. But one hundred percent changes the experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah because that black and white. Uh, overhead shot was so beautiful and Mm. then when they go to the comet it's just this sort of snowy space so there's this this nothing darkness from the blackness of space and the void of space Mm -hmm. and then like this sort of snowy comet effect that was really really beautiful that Mm. i also wanted to to kind of point out um there was a little sorry i forgot to mention this right at the beginning um our grumpy enar engineer um I don't know if anybody wants extra context, but um, I'm going to give it to you because I like talking about Star Trek. So That is why we are here, Captain. Oh, shoot, it is. Right. Um, so you might know the Andorians. They're the blue ones with the antennas. Um, and these are, the Enars are related to them, but they tend to be, they're introduced in Enterprise and they are kind of like a parallel species that grew up on the same planet but their existence was kind of denied and they've lived underground their entire lives they live in the freezing cold um and all of them are blind and i loved like that was bam like open this episode with no i'm i don't have a disability this is just how i am like it might be to you but for me this is an advantage um it's just wow bam we're doing star trek things like we are we are dealing with that from the off um i loved i love having um the Enar on board like they are such an interesting species and it's again it's just a species that we've we know so little little about and i love having a grumpy one looking after engineering oh yeah i am too 
Um, one that cooks too wasn't the alien cooking like was he chopping up yeah, like vegetables he was preparing or something food it seemed like a communal food prep yeah. thing that was happening i'm all for that and and the 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 very uh data-esque presence of the vulcan yeah do you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. that character that is socially awkward trying to figure out how to fit in a little bit more mm. far too direct like for me that's data Oh yeah, but here it's Spock, mm-hmm. and I'm really enjoying that. It's so great, and it's very much the role that Spock plays in the original series as well. They somehow are doing the same stuff that we loved about feeling repetitive for me, anyway. Um, I d- it felt repetitive to me. Get out! <laughs> no, no, literally, oh, that actually... was my one negative. Literally, oh. the Spock stuff felt really repetitive to me. I'm like, how many times do we need to get that Spock doesn't get humor? Like, how many times Spock. have we seen? This? Um, well, I understand, but we know it so well. Like it's no. you know. But what do you do with him if not? And at some point, at some point, when does he stop asking about why people are laughing? Like <laughs> you know, like it's like at some point he'll just go, "I don't get the laughing." Yeah, thing. I don't and need move to on, either. Right? Yeah, no, I get it. You have no soul. Um, anything else to name? <laughs> um, there is something really neat about watching this new space exploration. And I know mm. I've missed some of the shows that have come out that I'm sure have beautiful things as well. But watching that comet skip across the surface of oh, the planet's atmosphere, like, was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, knowing that part of it broke off and is just going to change the atmosphere of the planet was just, it was a really cool, unexpected bit that I was mm-hmm. really enjoying. I love that we get to live in a world where we get to see the CGI added to our Star Trek. Yeah. And it looks really good i even thought that the cgi alien on the screen wasn't bad like you know sometimes was you'll CGI? see was oh 100 percent. that oh, was, was cgi it? oh okay right? fair enough like probably. he had like these like pulsing parts of his head yeah, that was really neat right. and I-, I didn't mind that it's at probably all a combination it's a mm. it's a unique it's a unique addition that we get to enjoy oh, for sure because the technology exists for us to be able to enjoy mm-hmm. so i feel like we're kind of like oh this is my i've been waiting for this star trek since we announced since they announced that star trek was coming back discovery is a different type of show and this will not be the poop on discovery podcast but that does serialized storytelling really well it can get bogged down in over emotional speeches and overdoing points and stuff like that and forgetting the adventure but i will always come back to this type of storytelling which is it's man it's so fun and i really do enjoy this is like probably the last thing i'll have to say um until we start to go to do something later and I remember it and, and interrupt you. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy that the way that they they put this episode together is that the comet and this idea of foreknowledge, like having a foreknowledge of what could happen mm-hmm. and embracing that. What does happen. <laughs> yeah. Huh? The, that Pike then takes that and begins to embrace the trauma of knowing what's going to happen and mm-hmm. going and looking up the names of these now yes. children. God damn it, I got a little emotional. Mm. Just a little bit. Just pulling up these pictures of these kids and him really just taking charge knowing that he's going to die to save them was a really, really great way to end this episode where he's kind of finding the power and knowing the future. Hey, I'm going to enjoy the next 10 years because my end, it's not actually a bad one. Like, it's if I'm going to go out, this is a good way to... And he doesn't die. He he doesn't die because of this. He just has a horrible existence for the rest of his life. Ugh. Ugh. Um, he, he becomes Pizza the Hut. <laughs> Man, people love the Pizza the Hut reference. You didn't know what that meant. I had, I had no to show- idea. Okay, okay. We should have done quickly. it in the show. Like I had him Google, just like I googled some stuff last episode. 
I Googled Pizza the Hut because he didn't understand it. And so when he pops up on screen, Ian <laughs> reacted by jumping away from the screen. One leg comes up to guard his mid torso. <laughs> his hands go over his eyes. He goes, because it was like the part where it's like, you know, his weird I'm sausage so tongue. And he's all droopy. I know. It's so I'm wrong. Like, Dana, you're a terrible human. I you're am. Horrible. I'm sorry. Horrible, horrible. Okay, with that, it's time to head to engineering for a instance is futile. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin except this one, um, even our beloved Star Trek except this one. There isn't, I have no sin. <laughs> it's perfect. Aaron. Why is it always an egg? And yeah, why always, must someone yes. always touch, touch it? the egg. <laughs> if sci-fi has told me one thing, it's don't touch the egg was my exact note. I was like, my goodness. Why? Why is it always an egg? Because it's birth and it's origin. It just, it is, isn't it? And apparently every every alien has eggs like on their planet. Like mm. it's the only way to, to give birth in some planets for some reason. Um, my first real sin was, why are we doing dishes in space? Yes, you stole mine as well. <laughs> it's like, they're cleaning dishes? Like It's such an interesting set. I don't mind that we have a kitchen, but I'm just not used to seeing like... Mm. The, a kitchen. <laughs> it's like the family gathering table, and then mom and dad go to the kitchen to clean yeah. up afterwards while the kids go run off and play or whatever. It had that vibe, which I don't mind that echo of familiarity mm. in in tv show telling i don't mind that but it was just really interesting to be like passing passing dishes over when it's like you have machines that will do that um, <laughs> i imagine it's part of the community aspect so i think the making of the meal having the meal cleaning up afterwards ritual, manually. Right? i imagine it's part of the ritual it's a, it's it was, a ritual it was jarring like it was really <laughs> it was so weird strange, like, right? you must have something more productive to do with your <laughs> right. time you are the captain of a starship there is something though that i i do have to say after uh having a child mm. there are certain things that i enjoy doing now that i did not enjoy doing before because it means that i have a break right yeah, because that makes it's like, sense yeah i'm gonna go clean up the kitchen I enjoy that now because it means I'm doing something productive and I have a break from, you know, having to Yes. The, <laughs> I have but a moment. I can't go to the bathroom by myself. Like everything no. there's an invasion of just Danae all the time. Uh God, constantly being wanted is exhausting. Oh man. But being also loved. a privilege. Being loved, my God. But there I'm somewhat in my mind I think okay, I can kind of relate to them wanting to do dishes because maybe it's like they just don't want to go back to doing all of their paperwork or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, we'll just, I got to do the dishes. I can't get to that yet. Let me just go to the dishes real quick. I can't file that report, Spock. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, but still, I would send, I would definitely send, uh, I guess, mm -hmm. Space Kitchen. Mm -hmm. Well, when they were suiting up to get onto the mission, I just turned my head to today and said, was that a phaser? <laughs> I love this Stop so much. Stop throwing phasers. <laughs> you, you were so upset. It was so funny. <laughs> I was making a note on something else, and I just saw Spot catch something, and I realized it came from um from Sing, and I was like, she just chucked him a fucking phaser. I was like, Stop it! Stop throwing weapons at each other, especially the nuclear ones. Quit it. That was so funny. Oh dear, Aaron. Uh, I already kind of touched on it, but. Just the Spock says he doesn't get something at the beginning of the episode and then does the thing at the end of the episode cliche. Like uh -huh. it's like Chekhov's fake laugh uh, was a, <laughs> a, a little bit 
annoying to me where it's like okay can we just get to the part where spock laughs because everything's going wrong you yeah know? like uh-huh yeah, yeah. i i get it but also i love it i love it it's comfortable <laughs> it's one of the tropes i'll tropes i'll happily see over and over again yeah well so, cliches are cliches for a reason quite i think i would sin that the shepherds gave the mahanit or whatever they called it this ancient arbiter of life um a male uh he, it was a he, he. It was very he. like if it's his will to move or his will to bring life, then that is what will happen. This is prudent. I would be like or she, mm. like I would just throw in an mm-hmm. or she joke or after every single or every after Maybe. single he, yeah, yeah. Just, like, yeah. Or, she. or she, or she, or they, or they, or exactly. it, just depending. You right? Could have seven genders. The Andorians have four, I think. Mm-hmm. So again, it was still in in the scene where they're getting prepped up, and Nurse Chapel does the zappy zappy thing to Uhura, and you have the cliche, "Oh, you could have told me it would hurt." And it, I wouldn't sin that, but I would sin that Chapel then says, "Well, if I told you it would hurt, you would run away." And I just I wanted the other three people in the room to run away because you can only use that trick once. As soon as you hurt the first person, everyone else in the room says, "Fuck that! I'm out of here." That's such faulty logic, Nurse Chapel. <laughs> we need consent. It's true. It's true. Uh, how did they not detect that giant freaking vessel right beside them? Ooh. Like the the like there's there's this this joke right? Who hit us? They <laughs> did. And it pans out. It's like okay, fine, really funny. But how did your ship not know they were there? That's no moon. It's it is a freaking huge, and it is between them and the comet. It didn't come right. behind them. Like how? Not that like, that should matter when you have scanners. Like. Who's manning the scanners that do the little beep, 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 Miss incoming? That I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, you have to do the thing where, okay, I guess it's because they have technology that can cloak them or something, but we mm-hmm. didn't get to see that. We didn't get to see it. They didn't mention it. Was, it. it was just a, it's almost did it as come if, out of warp? It's almost as if the weapons arrived before the ship did. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got hit with torpedoes and then the ship arrives. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I like the, uh, the, the, when we see the torpedoes coming from the alien ship, bang, 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 and we're watching them fly across the vast distance of space. And then we go over to the Enterprise and Pike, like, scratches his butt and picks his nose and, <laughs> you know, pats somebody on the head and casually walks over to the chair and sits down and clears his throat and adjusts his shirt and says, brace for impact. <laughs> Listen. If you have that much time that you can walk across casually and sit down and like look at the, at the look at the screen and say, <clears throat> "Brace for impact," you can do evasive maneuvers and get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Like it would just seem crazy to me that there seemed to be so much time between the 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 launch of the weapon and him just being like, "Yeah, we're gonna get hit by those." <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna. This is gonna sting. I don't. There are some things. A. Do they really need to wait for Pike to tell them to move? Can Ortega's right. not just move also at what point does that become automated by the ship there are weapons coming in the ship moves itself i know we don't have a crew if that happens but (laughs) there are certain things that should be automated i don't know our cars on the road will now start to move us if we start to get too close to a car Uh wouldn't a ship kind of want to survive too (laughs) you'd think you'd You'd think think that'd be programmed anyway i thought that was kind of funny i know humans think they know best um don't take your helmets off for the right. millionth time Just keep them on keep them on just don't take them off i don't care if it looks okay sure keep them on there's no harm here i mean kirk's just been zapped so stop it <laughs> you know what i just want to breathe alien egg air that's yeah, what that's what it is yeah completely who doesn't who doesn't 
Uh, I've probably seen how very, very close encounters of the third kind the plot is uh, with mm-hmm. the music uh, stuff uh, was a little bit on the nose. It works, mm-hmm. it, you know, but, but having never seen it. that, I wouldn't have realized that. So that's interesting. That's cool. Mm. I mean, it's cool in a ripoff way, I guess. Influenced. An homage. An homage. There we go. Because we like it. It's an homage. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's a ripoff if, it, if we don't like it. I would go back to the beginning of the episode and and watch the scene more carefully. So I may have missed something here, but uh, mm-hmm. when Ohura meets the this new alien and she's like, "Hey, can I help you with that?" and he's like, "Uh, nope, this isn't a disability." And she's mm. like, "So I've studied your alien race. Well, if you studied his alien race, why would you be so presumptuous as to assume that he is not capable of like it just seems like that was sort of a an easy way to create an awkward moment." And even the back and forth between Spock and the alien creature, which I can't remember their name, sorry, um, and Ahura, like that all seemed really forced. That entire scene seemed more forced to me than anything out of this uh, particular episode. Mm-hmm. Like where she kind of gets offended that they were sort of joking around when she herself was sort of joking. Around. I don't know. It was just it was a weird it was a weird mix of dialogue that I didn't quite follow. So the, where I landed with wanting to sin that moment really became if you studied them you would know that they're blind. So you don't have to make a leap that this person's in Starfleet mm. because they're capable. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, I get I it. Know. That just seemed a little bit weird to me. The ending was, it was a way to tell us more about the Enar because most people won't know what they are. Um, it was that ending that was a bit odd of her thinking, oh, well, this is hazing. Yeah. And yeah. It, was like, ah, it was a little weird. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I think just the, they made such a big fuss out of we're outgunned. Like, they, their weapons are so much better than ours. One phaser hit took them out of action for exactly the amount of time that they needed them to be taken out of yeah. action for. And I was like, no, like you just like did some serious damage and you didn't even use your torpedoes. It's just give us as much time as the bot needs us to have. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still love it. I can't sin it. I love it. it was, it's a hard <laughs> one to sin. I don't have anything else. Do you, no, Aaron? That's it for me. Yeah, I got a couple more. Um the uh, you kind of touched on it, but Spock is is kind of out of tune with his uh, stuff that he's doing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so my question is, is it just like the musical <laughs> language you just kind of have to get close, close enough? Or, <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. I mean, look, you know, I'm not I like sing however you want to sing, make a joyful noise. I'm just saying like it has to be. This is mathematical. In, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah this is a based on math. thing going on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Spock just like causes the entire thing to explode because he was off pitch. I was like, wait, you didn't tell me you couldn't sing, dickhead. <laughs> oh my God. What and if that the... scene would have spun off into like a little mini musical? Oh man. We're calling for a musical episode of Star Trek someday. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then the only other thing I had was at the end, like, I'm glad that somehow future Google's just like, oh, Andrea Lopez? I know exactly the Andrea Lopez you're talking about. <laughs> yes! Oh my goodness, they should have pulled up so many of those people. <laughs> right? Oh, How so many right. in the universe? How many Andrea Lopez's you're are there? So oh man, right. that's correct. He didn't give any other information no, at all. There should have been thousands of them. <laughs> that's so Jeez. good. Well done. It should have broken his console. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've opened too many tabs. Yeah. <laughs> like just the rim of the ship, the whole ship goes, yeah. oh. and begins to power down a little bit. And... Pikes on the internet again. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that, let's head to our final stop, which is the captain's ready room. 
Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hear our predictions for the rest of the season and bask in our time like crystally glory, if anything has come true. Um, This isn't going to be a big section, obviously. I just have one thing with the kids at the end. My prediction is that he may try and find a way to save them ahead of time or remove them from that situation. Just kill them early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. And it will... And it will take up the last four, four episodes. episodes of it. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think he may try and meddle and change their course, change their path, or change the circumstances of that event. Because that's the he has the names. That's the only thing he can control. Because he doesn't know exactly when. He doesn't know what the mission is. He just knows that ship goes bad. Oh radiation God. kids. But they're the, all the wrong children because they have common names. Like yeah. just, just so <laughs> <laughs> he redestin he repredestines these people, and it's like it doesn't well, matter. Shit, it's, it's the wrong, the wrong ones. One. Oh man, that's so great. Uh-huh. Did you guys have anything at all? I mean, it's not a I show that's going to lend itself to much. I think we're going to get at least one more big Star Trek like character pop and like Sulu or something. Like it's got to like mm-hmm. at some point it's got to happen this season. I would think um, so. I mean, what I would love to see is Archer. I don't know if Captain Archer is alive. I know he becomes an admiral. Um, I would love to... And it, it's just that acknowledgement of Enterprise and that it exists. It's it's just, it would be nice to see where they are now and what happened. Um, the only person that would likely be alive is T'Pol, the Vulcan, but the actor isn't on the best of terms, understandably, with with Paramount and everybody, so I probably won't, won't see her. Uh, Jolene Blalock. But my, yeah, I'd love to see that crew come up. My only prediction is that at some point we are going to hear um, Uhula, Uhura, Uhura um, talk about how one day she hopes she can dance naked <laughs> on a sand dune. Like there's going to be, oh, she's going to say something referencing the sand dune thing, right? Like that's either going to try to help them justify their poor decision to make that a scene. Actually, or, what she'll do is she'll be like, you know what I think? I think I need to do more calf exercises. Where's the yeah. gym? Can we do some? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's something about that. Like, I think she's going to reference the dance somehow to try to give more of her own personal empowerment to the story. I don't think anybody in the world, including anybody to do with the making of that film, other than Shatner, is interested in defending it or explaining it. I think it's it's only everyone else is just like Ready to move this on. isn't canon. If there was it's one thing that canon. could be removed from canon, it's the final front. Genuinely, it's the final frontier. If you took a, a vote of all of the Star Trek fans now, I think it would be probably sixty percent remove it from canon, forty percent keep it. But right now, it is canon. It's one hundred percent canon. It happened. So I feel like there's going to be some writers be like, you know what? This is a this is a blotch. This mm-hmm. is a black mark on the page this is where the ink spilled over yeah. and mm-hmm. let's try to remove this from history by making a comment through her character to justify okay. this that's very specific I, prediction I, it's a very specific <laughs> prediction well i had it after watching that clip yesterday yeah. i was like uh, uh-oh well, i need to explain that okay, away. Well, actually let me be very specific i watched the clip then i went to bed i was woke at like Three o'clock in the morning because my mind, I could not sleep last night. My mind is going there. I've got way too much on my mind. So like my dreams are just like real life dreams mm. where there's a whole bunch going on. You're still so cleaning the kitchen and I, making dinner exactly. in your dreams. I wake up and then I'm like, oh, I need to go back to sleep. But sleep is exhausting too. So I'm lying there awake. And that's when I'm like, you know what? I think Uhura is going to have this <laughs> <laughs> moment in Star Trek. Like Amazing. I'm actually thinking about it at 3 a.m. when I should be sleeping. 
That's so great. So if it doesn't happen, where's, then, uh, dang it. Where's Lower Decks in the timeline? Um, Lower Decks is 2382. So this is after the last Next Generation movie. So 20 years before Picard. Yeah, 20 years before the events of Picard, about 150-ish years after this, roughly. Okay. But I just thought it'd be funny to see a live-action, you know, person from the lower deck. I'm here for it. Honestly, as soon as there is a Mariner or a Boimler that turns up, I will... Yeah, yeah. Live-action. I'm with you. I want it. I want it so, so much. Could happen. I I would not put it past them. I don't think it'll happen in Strange New Worlds. Um, I think it could happen in season three of Picard because they would all be old enough. Um, mm-hmm. Like Captain Boimler could turn up; that would be that would be awesome. It'd still be Ensign Mariner, even twenty years later. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, man, I'm so happy. It, what I said at the beginning of the episode: it is nice to look forward to an episode of Star Trek. I've enjoyed Picard because I will always enjoy Star Trek. But man, this is the first time I've thought I will rewatch this. Like twenty years from now, I will be rewatching these. At least these first two episodes of Star Trek, I'll be sticking them on in my TNG rotation. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. Um, well, thank you as always for listening, everybody. It's um, Aurora Borealis from me. Uh, break the laws of physics from me. <laughs> You're my favorite Andorian. <laughs> Did you quit it? Uh, live long and podsta. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Today's a strange day. I have something in my eye that I may have to deal with, and it's not my usual... Well, it is my contact lens, but... Ah! Rip it out. Rip it out. I mean, not your eye, the contact. The, oh. Not your eye, the contact! God, why'd oh, you pull your eye out? It's such a mess. So, so is that inside out? Your lens looks like it's inside out. It's not inside out. Mm. I would have known all day right. if it was inside out. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is the single most... There are two agonizing experiences I've had in my life. The first one Meeting was getting... Hmm, yeah, that was the... <laughs> no, that was like the fifth one. My top two, getting a filling with no, um, no anesthetic and no pain relief at all. And the other one is whenever I put my contact lens in inside out because... The perimeter sticks in to your retina. He's now putting the contact back in his eye, looking directly at his finger as it applies, wiggling his eye around, left, right, left, right, left, right, up, down, closing his eye, attempting to feel relief. Lubricate, lubricate, lubricate. <laughs> that coffee wasn't bad. Yeah, was it good in the end after we mixed it? It was good in the end. How great was that first sip? Ooh. Tell me about it. You know, you talked about having that bite of, condensed soup and it burned your tongue oh because goodness. it was just salt oh salt yeah that's how it was but sugar oh no like pure syrup what would you prefer all salt or all sugar for sure all sugar yeah for sure 100 percent. yeah there's no question and you are on the scratch as well wait say some things aaron some things aaron good great amazing <laughs> something happened yesterday where it just it got to a point where I kept referencing The Final Frontier, the Star Trek movie, and just had to start explaining some bits to Danae, and then stopped because we thought we'd better save that for the show, because The Final Frontier was a wild movie. So when when was the last time you saw it, Aaron? Oh, it's been years. It's when I did... Good, keep it that way. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What what have you pieced together so far, Danae, about what, what we've said? 
like in general about this movie? Yeah, about this movie this, so far. This movie is about televangelism. Yes. Which I oh, moving on. <laughs> genuinely thought you were kidding. No, 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 it's not. So the original pitch for this movie was um, Shatner. Well, Shatner was pissy that he hadn't directed any movies yet, and kind of said, "I'm not coming back unless you let me direct one," because uh, Nimoy had done two. And his pitch was, yeah, it's a take up on televangelism and extremism and stuff like that and how culty these things can be. And they're going to look for God, but they actually accidentally find the devil. And then the Paramount was like, mm, no, we can't do devil and Satan. So you can make it God, but just make it an alien. So this God turns out to be an alien um, and Ahura dances naked she really does which you showed me that scene and and Mm -hmm. i I had several thoughts um one of them is like wow calves and then was that really her calves or was that like an i think it is i think that's her calves i i I genuinely think so there needs to be a twitter handle that's just ahura's cat i found that scene to be very interesting i always love a woman in power like Mm. a position of power like using her body for the power that it is, the weapon that she's wielding, mm. um, but yet also uncomfortable at the same time, mostly by the portrayal of panting, barking, crawling Ugh. pack of wild men that see a woman and lose themselves so deeply <laughs> that they abandon whatever they were doing before uh-huh. and literally approach her on all fours with their tongues <laughs> hanging out Li- quite literally uh-huh that was more shocking to me than a woman dancing nude right it was just like the idea that mm-hmm. if you see that you revert to a canine 10 people 10 men like a not just one man no. yeah like and, and let's say that they had they had gotten to the top of the hill and it wasn't an ambush what was their plan was it just like like pee on her like lift yeah. one leg and just like pee I on her so. one at a time would that they do like the mating it. dances? You know, like those birds do those crazy mating dances where they like whip the wings their pop up. Whim, wings pop up and their chest poofs out and their head just wobbles back and forth like really crazy and wacky. I mean, if that had happened, it might have backfired and Ahura might have been seduced. Right. And then Kirk's just like, she- well, shit, that's not the plan. And then I, did, I do have trouble criticizing the scene sometimes because I'm like, this is her using a power that she has and something in her arsenal and... Did you say Arsenal? What did you just say? No, he said Arsenal, which is even better for him. I said Arsenal, (laughs) which actually works better in English. (laughs) Uh You're right. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now, does she is she human? Her is human. Okay. Okay. So, so when we say she's using her powers, it's just the power of sexuality. Assuming that everyone is everyone in the galaxy is attracted to the human form. Right. My favorite thing about Ferengis is that they find human women repulsive. And they're just like, for the vast majority of them, they're just like, we're not attracted to you. You don't have big ears. Because some attractions may not be universal. It's, yeah, it's so strange. The question is, for me, in situations like that, is because what's on the screen can be powerful and a woman using, you know, their own body to, you know, um, as you guys were saying. But behind the scenes, it can be something completely different. And that's always the interesting thing to me Mm -hmm. is like, the power dynamic behind the scenes, you know, is men telling a woman to do this, you uh-huh. know, and uh-huh. so understanding the actor's role in that and kind of how they felt about it at the mm-hmm. time, whether they were pressured to do it, like all that stuff kind of plays into, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not, you know, I find it problematic, which is a different conversation 
from whether or not the movie is good, right? Yeah, like those are course. all different yeah. conversations to have. Yeah, it's a male male director, male production team, largely male everything, and it's also a male character that is asking her to do this. It's not a Hura's idea. It is Kirk saying, "Oh, I've got an idea, Hura, go get naked." Just a wild movie. I hate it. I re- it's the only piece of Star Trek I will actively avoid trying to watch because it's 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 not good. It's just not good. It's a it's a TOS POS, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh-huh. We we do need a theme tune for when Aaron does that because it's going to happen so much. <laughs> we may it may just be straight into the 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 theme. It's like that's what that's the zinger at the end of the episode, and then bum 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 bum. bum. <laughs> When I was working yesterday, um, Danae was like, do you ever listen to music in the background? Like, what do you do when you're working? And I'm like, I generally work in silence, and if I do listen to music, it'll be wordless. What? Was that the right way to say? Yeah, that was the right way to say that. Uh, sure. No, lyricless. Yeah. <laughs> lyricless. Um, instrumental. Yeah, it is instrumental to my working, but it also doesn't have any words in it. And therefore uh, instrumental. Correct. Naturally, because I'm a nerd, I put on some Star Trek scores. And I put on one of my favourites, which is the end of First Contact. And it starts with... Because they all do. All of the movies start with that. And then they go into the movie-specific score. So I skipped ahead to the movie-specific score of it, and it's this really, like, almost like, you could imagine it at a wedding, like, this really sweeping, lovely score. And then it ramps up into... Again. And then I was like, oh, I know this song. I didn't know it started like that. Oh, my favorite part was he puts this on, and I the first thing I, I hear is the oboe and mm. and the, the trumpet. And I thought, and I said, this sounds very, like, space-like. This sounds very familiar and he's grinning because he knows the composer and several minutes go by just it's on in the background it's really really good and i get curious enough that i decided to break the silence and interrupt his writing again to say <laughs> do i would i would i know anything from this composer like is there something that i'd be familiar with and just then <laughs> is when it changes into the uh star trek theme <laughs> the tng like, theme like instantly it just it takes a it takes like a almost like a like a hard right it's really jarring and we're just like in the star trek <laughs> theme and i was like well that answers that question because it was instant and it was so funny because it like the music answered my question and ian's just beaming like yep you that sure was do incredible timing it was asked perfect and answered danae asked and yeah. answered it was literally like something out of a movie <laughs> it was so great and also i have uh, enter the room theme music now. Oh yeah. Okay. So I was the- I, I left the uh, mm-hmm. the office for like twenty minutes. Yeah. And he's listening to all this incredible music in the background. I can hear him like across mm-hmm. the house, and he's just focused. He's writing. The music is swelling, and I then love there's it. like this kind of pause or whatever. <laughs> and is. I walk in, and this music just erupts, and I was like, oh my god, this is my entrance music. Aaron, you're gonna love nice. this so so much because you don't know what the entrance music is yet. Danae walks into the room just as this hits. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. It's so <laughs> and was, great. And I don't recognize it. <laughs> like, I know I know it's somewhere. Yeah. But it's like, oh my God, that's epic. This is my entrance music. And Ian's like, 
Well, that's yeah, also Superman's entrance. It goes uh-huh. like, well, that's fucking mine now. You're going to have to fight Superman for that shit. And she's just like tidying and cleaning and like hands on her hips. Bum, bum, bum. It was so amazing. Great. The Man of Steel theme as well. Like, Hans Zimmer, like you've got an iconic Superman theme and then he just goes and writes a new incredible Superman theme as well. And I played that first and Danae was like, what is this? Like introducing music to like to people is one of my favorite things because the Man of Steel theme like just goes so slowly for like three minutes and then just hits this like huge crescendo and then he's just like I'm getting tingles I need to stop this <laughs> yeah I basically go comatose a few times and just like let the music wash over me yeah but it was really really cool to hear like your writing music John Williams man yeah he did the original didn't he yep yeah what a legend what a dude what a dick Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> what? Anything that you want to add, Aaron, before we get into the show? Okay, that's all. Okay, good. Oh, I haven't got any names for you. Hmm. 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 Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. everyone can we also <laughs> just give a huge shout out to ian's lungs <laughs> they are working overtime <laughs> he, would, he would think he just takes a big bong rip before every <laughs> show <laughs> oh, it's yeah, doing that, man. <laughs> we still have water uh, you- <laughs> water Use that straw. I don't like Put that sand. straw on this. <clears throat> it's rough and coarse. Gets everywhere. Captain's pod, stop. This <laughs> 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 time was going to be the last time. It's as if it waits. <clears throat> Captain's pod, start it. Three. <laughs> it's the angle. <laughs> it's the angle. <laughs> it's the angle that the I'm looking at. Of course, I'm turning That's my throat. Amazing. <clears throat> it's the angle that I'm talking at. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. Captain's pod, Stardate C. It worked. Captain's pod, Stardate 3. One- now that sounds miserable now. <coughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. Captain's pod, Stardate. Aha. Your finger points up. Aha. I have now found my voice. 